here's probably a song from your past, and maybe some of you are singing it today. All right? Uh, and if you, if you know the words, I just, I love some of these old songs. If you know the words, I want you to sing it with me, all right? <clears throat> I hate doing this in front of people. We're ready? Doom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Doom, despair, and agony on me. One more time. Despair and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Come on. <laughs> you remember that song? You know what? Some of you sing that all the time, whether you sing it or not. Some of you live with that expectation all the time. And I'm going to tell you something, that is not God's plan. It certainly isn't his purpose. His desire for you is so much bigger and better. I want, I want to read uh, uh, in the Gospel of John chapter 10 this morning and, and try to communicate what God's given to me here. And it says... In, he says, so Jesus said, again, I assure you, I am the door of the sheep, and all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. Sometimes you're listening to the things that absolutely take from you. True or not true? You don't have to listen to them. He said, I am the door. Anyone enter, if, if anyone, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Let me read it again. If anyone enters by me. It's not, you know, the if part of entering by him is on you, not him. If, well, you know, my life is this. You get to choose. You get to choose. You get to choose to sing doom, dis gloom, despair, agony. Make that declaration over your life. You get to choose that. Or you get to choose to enter into God's provision through Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you what. There are some really good things. But he is the only door. I just Let me say that again. There is not another way. All right? There are people that declare there's all kinds of other ways. I don't care if you have a PhD or a DDS or whatever else. It does not bring the peace that Jesus does. You can have all kind of financial security and stability and houses and lands and you can look really good and have this supermodel figure and have whatever, you know, the world presses on us 
for you to be successful. And you know what? It does not bring peace. Because Jesus is the only way. Say, well, you're bigoted. Well, you can call me that if you want. But it's just flat out true. And, and if you don't believe it's true, that's it. the question is if, if you, through Christ, go through that door. So you try all those other doors. How many of you have tried other doors? You know, you know I, I have. And I've got, I come back to the place where, Lord, you know what? I just sometimes hate to admit it, but it is only you. So he says, if, uh, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come. We are so confused about why he came. But why did he come? He said, he said, this is his word. I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. That's why he came. I guarantee you, you if you are religious by any means, which I claim not to be, I try to get as far away from it as possible because religion is a man-made idea that just is pressed upon society that confuses us. There's some of you here today, God help me. I'm going to calm down. You have been inoculated. You know what happens when you get inoculated except for the COVID vaccine? You don't catch the real thing. Just kidding. I know that was bad. But it was good. All right, so, but yeah, typically you get a smallpox vaccine, you know what? You don't get it, right? You get whatever it is. All these vaccines, some of them are real good. Uh, but some of you have been inoculated with religion. And it keeps you from catching all that God has for you. Because everything that you, you think about God, you've got to funnel it through what you have been pressed into and the fear and the manipulation that's come into your life. And I'm telling you, God wants you to be free from that. He wants you to understand the very reason He walked this earth is that you might live. And that you might not just live, and, but that you live with an abundance. That you live just, man, come on. If, there any, if there's anybody that ought to be having the time of their life, it's us. You say, oh, but the world's so bad. Oh, evil's out there. Oh, gloom, despair, and agony. Or sing your song. Or realize what God has gifted to us. It, I'm telling you, the way of a transgressor is hard. Those that live in sin, that's a tough way to live. But those that live for Christ, those that have been, had their own personal Pentecost, man, we ought to just be filled with joy. Why? Because He provided because we understand why he's come. Here, let me tell you what religion has said. Religion, all mostly what they do is sell fire insurance. Get this. You want to go to hell? Anybody here want to go to hell? Come on. You didn't sing Highway to Hell and like go, woo. No, it wasn't you. Some of you did. You really didn't mean it, though. 
I, I don't, no, no, I don't want to go to hell. What, 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 what have I got to do? And so we live with this fear of man, this judgment. And all the while, what God wants to burst into your life is abundance. We, we, you know, because we are guilty. Because, you know, we need a Savior. So we're, it's easily, uh, we're easily manipulated by that guilt. But I'm telling you, God will never manipulate you. It's not his nature. It's not what he does. What he wants to do is lift you up. He wants to gift you things. He wants to lead you in uh, uh, green pastures and beside still waters. He wants your life not to just plod along and, and get by, but he wants it to be abundant, filled. He wants it to be filled. No, but, but all this bad stuff. You know what? I cannot do one thing about the bad stuff. And I love what he told Ned. I He said, you can't carry it, but I can. So why are you carrying things that you should not be carrying? Well, aren't I supposed to carry some stuff? There's some stuff you're supposed to carry. But there's some things that you need to let God carry. And when he does, there's, there's absolute freedom. I, I know the world's a mess. You know what they need? They need some light. You know, I, I, what, I, what I love uh, about YouTube is, um, you know, I got to fix something. And, and so if, if you're a man, raise your hand if you're a man. It's okay to admit it. <laughs> uh, honestly, so I, our microwave went south. So I get a new microwave ordered in, got the template and all that. So I'm not going to use that. I, I'm not even going to look at the instructions. Anybody with me there? Three hours later, like this stupid thing, and I'm by myself, lifting up, trying to get the bolt. Why won't the bolt go in? I just don't like, I don't like the manuals. I just don't like to read them. But give me a YouTube video, visual, I'm in. Show me how, you know, let me click. Show me how to work on this. Show me how to do that. I love that part of it. There's too many of us that name the name of Christ that want to show those around us the instruction manual, which is a great book, rather than be that example of the life we're supposed to be. What God wants us to be is that YouTube to the world that says Jesus is good. What God wants us to be is that that, uh, that how-to video of living a life that's abundant. There's some of you, you name the name of Christ, I don't want your life. You're miserable. Nope, I'm not looking at anybody. Well, the bright lights aren't there bright now. Oh, I am looking at you. He doesn't mean for you to be miserable. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to stay in a place where you think God is all about guilt and shame and, you, and, and fear. Here, here's what happens. The Bible says that we uh, behold His image in a glass or in a mirror. We see Him. And, and the Bible says that we are changed into that image from glory to glory. So when I first started, uh, uh, you know, had my own personal Pentecost, I had a view of Christ that was yeah, a little bit shady. I, I, I had my own ideas in there. I had my own religious thought in there. I had 
things that people were putting on me and that, that I didn't see him very clear, even though he never moved and never changed. But my view of him has changed. I, I believe I see him clearer now than I ever have in my lifetime. And what I don't want is for you to have to live 40 years till you get a clear picture of what Jesus is. Who He is. What His desire is. How much He cares about us. Man, some people, I just wish they would quit preaching. Because they put up such a skewed view of Him. When the reality of it is, man, well, the reason He came is that you and I might have life. If you're, if you're trying to witness to somebody and you're using condemnation as a tool, zip it. Don't even talk. Don't, he doesn't need to be displayed like that. Is that, is that all right? I'm okay with that. Don't, don't be offended at me. I'm not, you know. But, man, it, it would be better for you to not say a word and display that life of abundance than for you to pound the instruction manual, telling people what they ought to do and not do and all of these things, and then you not have any joy at all. Who wants that? So oh, nobody wants Jesus. I guarantee you they do. What they don't want is the way some people have displayed him. What they don't want is the way some people have declared this is who he is, and he's not even anything like that. So, hmm. Oh, lots of times. So here's the deal. Uh, I, let me just, let me just, uh, I'll, I'll read it, and then I'll expound. Numbers 13, 30. This is uh, the children of Israel. If you don't know the history uh, God called a nation of slaves out. He led them out. He was leading them into a, a land of abundance. The promise of God is always abundance. Everything he does is over the top. And so he's leading all of these slaves uh, and, and uh, through the desert, get the law. They get to the very edge of this land that the fields are planted, the houses are built, and God wants them to have it. Can you imagine how good that is? And so, uh, so they, they get all, uh, <clears throat> they send over 12 people, 10 of them come back, they ten over, send over 12 spies, 10 of them come back and say, we can't do it. Two of them said, wait a minute, man, we can do this. And uh, so Caleb was one of them, he says, then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, we must go up and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. You know what? When you say, oh, I can't do it. Come on, man. You can do this. Oh, I can't live for God. Oh, it's so hard to live for God. Give me a break. I have lived without Him. That's hard. That, that, that's something I don't want to go back to. Living for God, it's pretty good life. Yeah, but I'm not good enough, so um, neither am I. 
Oh, I'm not holy enough. No, neither am I. You know what's good enough is him. You know what's good enough is his grace. You know what's great is his forgiveness is new every morning. I live, with, I live in that confidence of that. So, so Caleb says, hey, well, let's go. We can conquer it. But uh, the men who had gone up before him responded, we can't go up against the people because they strong, they're stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scoured. The land was passed through. The land we passed through to explore was one that devours the inhabitants and all the people uh, we saw in it are men of great size. Most of you are taller than me, but you don't scare me. Just, just saying. God is not impressed with, you know, when you compare uh, uh, God's power to the rest, everything is diminished. But when we compare it to ourselves, sometimes we make things in our lives bigger than they should be. He says, uh, he said, we saw men of great saw. We even saw the Nephilim there the descendants of Anak, uh, and, and to ourselves we seem like grasshoppers, and we must have seen the same to them. We must have seen the same to them. They're, they're just this idea. They're, they're uh, um, figuring out what everybody else is thinking. So then the whole community broke into loud cries, and the people wept that night. All of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron, and the whole community told them, if only if we had died in the land of Egypt, and if only we died in the wilderness. And why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the swords, our wives, our little children, and become plunder? Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let's appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. Can you imagine? Do you think for a moment, that that might have ticked God off. What do you think? He sets them up for success. He puts them in a play. He gives, he gifts them. There's this land. Here's what happened, and I'm just, now I'm talking to you, not about them. Uh, salvation is free. But you know what? There is an effort. There is effort that you've put into it. This is not something where you say, God, if you want me to have it, give it to me, and I'm just going to wait here till it happens. There has to be that input from you. Israel was going to cross over into a land flowing with milk and honey is what the Scripture says. There were, there were obstacles there, but God was going to give them the ability to overcome all of it. But yet they did not even want to put in the least little bit effort. That what they wanted was God to go in and just clear the way. Do you know, God, you just get in there, bulldoze it down, take care of it all, let us go in and, and you know... Because we want to put no effort into it. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If you're going to pursue Jesus, there's going to be battles. There, there's going to be things that you're going to have to overcome. There's going to have to be truths that God pours into your life that you're going to have to obey. Why? For what? So that you can have an abundant life. Oh, you mean I can't just live any way I want and have an abundant life? No. He's come 
that you might have life and that more abundant. So when he comes into your life, then what happens more and more is you allow him to speak into your life. And the more I let him speak into my life and the more I obey that, the more abundance there is. Like, we want to just fall back. Say, Jesus, give me the life of abundance. Wake me up. And I got it. No, no. You better be wide awake and ready for it. You got, you got to move into it. Like the children of Israel, there is a land to possess. There, there is things to overcome. Some of you have giants of tradition in your life that have to fall. There's walled cities of abuse that God's going to break into and, and set you free from. There, there's, there's generational curses that, that's been involved in you that for you to have an abundant life, God needs to just destroy that completely. You know the great thing is? He does it. But He does not do one thing if you don't let Him. On the door, if any man opens it, if any man, if any woman opens that door, man, oh man, what a ride, what a life, I, 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 and I'm going to stop. Stand with me. <clears throat> I had the privilege of uh, growing up on a dairy farm, and I learned how to milk cows. And uh, so, when my dad sold the cows, that was a—I was, I don't know, fourteen years old—but that was a um, a knowledge that other people wanted. You know, other farmers—they knew I knew how to milk cows and. You know, so I get a job anywhere. And so I, I worked for this one family uh, in Ganford. They had a bunch of cows, and uh, her name was Agnes Shaw, was the mom. <clears throat> and, of course, if you're a farmer, you get out, you milk the cows early in the morning and get feed, chores, all that stuff. And when we would come into lunch, you'd be hungry. And that woman would put on an absolute smorgasbord of food. I mean, I never, I just never ceased to amaze me every time I'd go in for lunch. There was just everything. I mean, there was such an abundance of stuff. And, and, and I loved it. That was better than getting paid. That was Bernie's wife. Hey, I worked for Bernie Shaw. And so, I got, I got used to it, and I never went away from the table hungry. It's, some of you come here today, and I'm going to tell you what. There is a table set before you. Yes, there is. It's here, right here, right now. Yes, there is. <clears throat> I could have sat at that table after working all morning. Some of you have been in some to some labor. You've... You know, you're weary. The reason we get together is so, so we can just be blessed and, and God minister to us through one another and, and, and we can feast in His presence. 
But can you imagine working that morning and milking the cows and doing all I did, sitting down at her table and saying, oh, I'm hungry, and then not eating? Can you imagine if I walked away from the table and said, man, I hate working here. They don't, you know, I'm starving. When all that's there, it's already presented, and, and, and the only thing that's stopping me is me. Let me tell you what, I get tired of people complaining about Jesus because he's good, and he has set a table for you, and the only question is if you will, not if he will. I'm going to tell you what. He already said he will. How many know Jesus said I will? He said I will to the degree that he died for you. What a thrill. You can't, you can't earn it. You just got to, hey, there it is. It's before you. So I'm going to pray a prayer today. I, I don't know what you need, but I'm telling you it's here. It really is here. If you need a healing, you know what? It's here. If you need to be set free, it's here. If you need to be encouraged, Father, I thank you for your word in our lives. I thank you for the abundance that you've poured out and that, that what you've set before us, that open door, Jesus. I pray, God, give somebody the faith this morning to, to, to walk through it. Lord, to embrace what you have already done for us. I speak your favor and goodness on each and every soul here. God, let faith just rise up in us. I know there's things out there. I know there's evil. I know uh, all that, that's going on in the world. But Lord Jesus, you, you take care of that. We will just live in the abundance that you've given to us. Father, there's not one of us here that's not taken care of already. And I acknowledge it and I thank you for it. And I bless your name. I bless your name. Come on. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Savior. I worship you, Savior. Father, you are good to us. As we worship him, if you want to pray with us, if you need a healing, I want you to come down. Say, well, I've been prayed for before. Let's just keep praying. If you need deliverance, Come on down. I'm telling you the power of God's here to deliver you. If you need that encouragement, come on. Let us pray for one another. If you need your own personal Pentecost, we can do that too. We can do that. We're here. So let's sing. Let's pray. Let's worship God together in Jesus' name.